the season two. To get inspired, you gotta get the truth. We ain't trying to be the competition. We just led by the Holy Spirit, the everyday mission and vision. It's to go hard for God daily. That GHFGB across my chest is not a saying. It is a lifestyle, and I'ma be in it for a while. Every day we on the winning team. Say amen if you God's child. Just spread the life of believers. We sow everything Jesus. We believe so in them season. Watch the Lord get the increasing. We keeping it real, let them ease in. We ain't got time for no teasing. Get inspired with the podcast, and we locked in for the new season. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Get Inspired, the podcast for Go Hard for God Daily. And today I got my brother in the building with me. Um, it's about to be, it's about to be real good, real informative. Um, I've been trying to get him here for a while, <laughs> but he's um, he he's flying in in places and getting booked all over the place or whatever. So it's yeah. it's hard to come by people these days. So you when you get the opportunity to get them, you get them. But I'm not gonna waste your time. You already know how we do right here. We don't waste time. We get right into what we're gonna be talking about. But before we get into all of that, I'm gonna introduce y'all to my brother Tim Howard. What's up, bro? What's going on? Glad to be here. Glad to be here. How you feeling? Pretty good. Excited. How was how, how was the trip on the way? It was good. It it, it was all right. Traffic was traffic like Atlanta usually is, but <laughs> typical Atlanta, right? I, yeah. <laughs> I was wondering. I was driving um through. I, I can't remember some sometime within the other day, and I was like, man, Atlanta just need to take a break from world work yes. for like six months. Yes. I said a year at first, but I said no, nah, maybe not a year, but like six months. Atlanta yeah. just need to take a break yeah. from world work, period, because everywhere you go, it seems like there's always road work and yeah. when you think you're getting around traffic you actually end up in more traffic trying to get around the traffic that you thought you were gonna get around i know yeah. that's a whole lot that i said right there but yeah atlanta need to take a break uh public service announcement take a break from road traffic so we can get what we need to go for a for change sure. in less than 30 minutes yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like everywhere's 30 minutes um but man glad to have you on the episode glad to have you on the podcast period um i know it's gonna be a good conversation so for sure uh one of the things that our audience know is that every time we got a guest on the show we always start with the coming to christ story so if you would like to grace us with your coming to christ story what was that like <clears throat> When you, uh, that moment, like when you gave your life to the Lord, like what time frame was it? You know, was were you young? Were you old? Yeah. What was it like? Yeah. So I I grew up in church. Um, my mom was a single mom for like I want to say the first nine or ten years of my life. I can't remember how long it was, but um, she made sure I was in church. Yeah. Like every Sunday, every Wednesday, every revival, all of it. I got sick of it, but. Yeah, we we here now, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so between her and my grandma, I think they were like definitely the first ones that kind of established like a deep um, foot in the faith, I guess you can say. And they just kept me like, if I wasn't going to church with my mom, I was going to church with my grandma. So yeah. it wasn't like any kind of debate. And so I grew up like kind of like knowing about Christ and knowing about the faith and whatnot. But then I started to have like a lot of questions because mm-hmm. I would have like these dreams when I was younger, and I would have like a lot of like, I would read the Bible and I would be like, okay, well, I wouldn't think about, like, the face value stuff or the things that you just see in the text. Like, I'm thinking, like, about underlying meanings or, like, you know, the symbolism or, like, back then I was a kid. I didn't know any of this stuff, but I was like, yeah. you know, like, why am I thinking about this stuff? Like, why, where are these questions coming from? Mm-hmm. And so then, like, I would just reach out to, like, 
people in the church and just like all the other stuff or like watch stuff or like, um, you know, just kind of do my own research and whatnot. But that still kind of just wasn't enough, I guess you can say. Yeah. So I remember I was in um, sixth grade and I went to the Winterfest youth conference. It was like a huge youth conference. And um, at the time it was in like Gatlinburg, I think. And they went like every year. Tennessee. Yeah. Yes. And so, um, so yeah, we went and I remember the first night they were like, yeah, like this guy Francis Chan is speaking. I'm like, okay. Like, I don't know who that is, but okay. So, (laughs) (laughs) and I remember, um, he got up there and he was, he was speaking like, that was the first time I was like locked in to whatever was me and preached. Like there were some other like good times where like the sermon was good, but like that was like, it was like, I couldn't hear anything else but what he was saying. Mm-hmm. And um, the the point of his message, basically, he was just like, you know, a lot of times for young people, our faith is like kind of dependent upon our parents or yeah. our surroundings or whatnot. Yeah. And, you know, most people, the cliche for a lot of Christians is that we're only Christians because of our family or because of our environment or because you're Southern, whatever the case yeah, may be. That's what they say. But yeah, so, <laughs> so he was saying like, you know. Like tonight, I want you guys to actually like know what you're saying yes to. Like he didn't just give us the gospel, but he explained the gospel. Yeah. And he also explained like what that does for us and like what that means for us as far as like our relationship with Christ. And then he just like he broke it down in such a way to where I was like, okay, now everything's making sense and whatnot. But it wasn't just that, it was also the encounter of Jesus that I had that I guess like God allowed him to usher in I guess and like to be used yeah and that was like the biggest thing and so that night I definitely like um our response to the altar call because he had an altar call he said you know if if you're one of those kids in here who you can say that you know you've been kind of um leaning on your parents for your faith or you've just like kind of grown up in church but it it was never real to you he was like you know I want you to stand up and I stood up yeah and so then like from then on after I said okay I know what I'm actually saying yes to I know who I'm saying yes to right because there's a difference like a lot of us like say yes to the the religion or like the mm-hmm. faith of like having Jesus and whatnot. But it's like you're not just saying yes to like a thing, you're saying yes to a person. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. That's good. What age was this again? I was twelve, sixth grade. Twelve, sixth grade. Yeah. Man, that's uh powerful. Shout out to Francis Chan. Yeah, Francis Chan is the <laughs> goat, bro. <laughs> Shout out to Francis Chan. I, yeah. I I had came across his stuff uh, around the time where I really started, you know, devoting my life to Christ, and I came across a lot of his stuff, and I was like, man, he he has some really good teaching, yeah. some really strong points, and just breaking away from like traditional stuff. Yeah, that he was like, no, nah, I'm not doing this anymore, and he started to focus more on like building people, yeah, and not having like big churches and all this other kind of yeah. stuff. So, shout out to Francis Chan, yeah, uh, for his devoted life uh, to Christ. But 12 years old, that's powerful. Now, you mentioned uh, always being in church at six years old, seven years old. Yeah. You know, I, we hear these stories a lot where people are like, man, I, I be in church so much. And then when they get older, they're like, man, I did all of that. I went to church for a long yeah. time. So I, I think even at 12 years old, being, you know, because, you know, at 12, you start making decisions. Yeah. You start thinking a little bit more and things like that. But to be able to still say, man, you know what? Although I have been in church on and all, grandma got me on church. Yeah. Mama got me in church Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. What do they say? Like Monday night prayer meeting, yeah. Tuesday night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have yeah. all these meetings, but still uh, to say yes at 12 years old, I always think that's powerful. And one thing that I've seen um, that's kind of have been a pattern and I don't really want to call it a pattern, but I've seen God always working. And everybody who have given their testimony of their coming to Christ story, 
God always worked a move somewhere at a young age. Yeah. And I think, um, and I always hit this point on how important it is for us as parents, as adults, as, you know, or whatever the case may be, when you have children, how to start instilling that in your children's life. Now, as they grow, then I think the uh, an important teaching is to always hit it on the head that you're responsible for your yes at some point. Yes. And that's what you did at 12. You became responsible for your yes. Yeah. Like, it wasn't just my parents... Yeah, they believe I believe, but you started to say, "Okay, I, I need to know God for myself." Yeah. So at twelve years old, what has that? What from from twelve from saying yes, because twelve preteen stuff goes on between teenage years. What yeah. what was the commitment like from twelve to nah. where you are now? Yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, bro, and I love talking about this because a lot of times, uh. Especially since I moved to the South, that's like one of the biggest questions about the faith is like, you know, if I grew up in church and if I've quote unquote known God since I was young, how am I supposed to navigate my faith in like the real world or like life yeah. or whatever, right? And so like, like no, no, no real Christian is going to tell you that you get saved and it's just like a piece of cake. That's not a thing, yeah, right? Yeah. Our Bible doesn't even say that. Yeah. So it's like since I was 12, there was a lot of, there were a lot of high moments. There were a lot of like, you know, prophetic words. There were people speaking over me talking about like my calling. And there were times where, you know, I would have encounters with Jesus and I would grow in like my knowledge of the word and just like growing to know Jesus. But then there were a lot of times where like, I was just being a dumb teenage kid. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. struggling with things or just like kind of trying to navigate and find my own identity like throughout like high school and stuff like that or just like you know girls just like different things and it's like the faith isn't just like an escape from like the hard parts of life you know Mm, what I mean like the faith is like the answer to the hard parts of life yeah and so like since I was 12 up until now at 24 um it's literally just like okay like I've seen the moments where it's just like in the high moments, that was definitely God. I can like pinpoint like, okay, yeah, for sure. But even in the low moments, even though it may not have seemed like it at that moment, yeah. it was like, that was God like instilling something in me or like raising something up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, that's something that I always want to like encourage people. And it's just like, when you go through different seasons of life, like I know people now who like, they grew up in church and like, you know, their families were like making sure that they read the Bible all the time and that yeah, they were yeah. at every service. But then like, they leave home and they deal with more temptation. They deal mm. with like friends who like to party. They deal with like their own emotions and their own, um, I guess their own doubts or their yeah. own questions of the faith. And it's like, bro, like study, you know what I'm saying? Like do the research, go see God. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to escape the troubles of life. Like even the Bible says that, but it's just like God promises that he's with us through all those things. You know what yes. I mean? So yeah. I think that's like, the biggest takeaway from like my journey from being 12 to, you know, now 24 when I actually said yes, is just like knowing that each season and each like high and low, whether it was like great or whether it was bad, it was like God was with me through all of it. You know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. I, I like the words you use navigate. Navigate is a, is a outstanding yeah. uh, word to use. And that's one of the things that I talk about when people ask like, what, what is get inspired? And I said, well, when we talk about getting inspired, it's not about just coming on here giving you motivation. Yeah. <laughs> like, and because yeah. cause go hard for God daily is displaying the life of, of believers. Yeah. So when we're displaying the life of believers, we're talking to people have to know how to navigate the life. 
So when I talk about navigating, it's different people doing different things, having different, uh, just like you said, troubles in life, but still answering the call. People having different situations that occur in life, but they still stay committed. Or it may be some times where you didn't stay committed, but you still find your way back. Like people need to know how to navigate this thing. And all of us have different walks. All of us have different yeah. careers, different lifestyles and things like that. And we'll get into more of career later. Like even as you're navigating your life as a worship leader, as a, you know, musician and things like that. Yeah. And a uh pastor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. But we're gonna be talking about we just people need to know how to navigate like this life. Yeah. So I think the conversation about navigating through life as a believer is super important because Especially like working with young people, that's like their biggest question is like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. Who am I? Like, what am I doing? Like, where am I going? Like, all these questions and whatnot, even for like people who are quote unquote more seasoned saints and whatnot, they're just like, okay, well, with the season that I'm in, like, how am I supposed to navigate through that and whatnot? And um, I know that there are, you know, I guess you can say like the basic fundamentals of being a believer as far as like reading the word, praying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the assembly as far as like fellowshipping, right? But at the same time too, there needs to be a discussion about like the different tools that you can use in different seasons as you're trying to navigate through life and whatnot. Because it's um, it's kind of like, you know, with sports, you know what I'm saying? Like with football, like you're not going to play every single game the same, right? Yeah. You're going to call different plays, different formations, like yeah. different things that you do or whatever. But like the fundamentals of the game don't change. Right. But like your tactics and like... I guess your tools is what changes or whatnot. And I think that's like probably the biggest key to helping believers navigate through life and whatnot, like while trying to walk in the faith and keep it rich and keep it, you know, full. Yeah. I like the rules. I like that analogy. But I also want to hit on the younger generation because you mentioned the younger generation. Too. Yeah. So now, with I guess with you kind of being able to work more with the youth. Yeah. What are some of the conversations that are had now that are being talked about in these smaller circles? In this 18, yeah. 19, 20, 21 to 25, whatever, you know, that youth group, however it looks to stem from, what are some of the conversations and things that are being had now? Because, and the reason I'm asking this question is because I feel like as seasoned saints, quote unquote, <laughs> yeah. or as more mature, sometimes uh, we don't stay intact with the culture. Yeah. Now, I'm not a, I'm not big on trying to adapt and adopt what the culture is doing, but we have to understand the time we're in. So when I say culture, I'm talking about the time that we're in. Mm -hmm. What do these youth have access to now that I didn't have access to at this age? So therefore, because they have more access to these type of things or this type of, you know, content or whatever the case may be, they have a lot more influence, mm -hmm. which means they know probably a little bit more than we knew at 18, 19, 17 or whatever the case may be. Yeah. So what are some of those conversations like? Um, that are being had, and it's a two-part question. What are the conversations like, and what are some things that more the older season saints mm -hmm. can uh, need to know about these conversations that are being had so that we can help the youth where they are now and not just be like, 
well, y'all should do this, know this by now, or y'all should yeah. be here by now, whatever yeah. the case. So what what is that dynamic like? Um, I think for the first part, as far as like what those conversations are, um, one of the biggest things with like the younger community, I feel like is we always question authenticity, right? Mm, yeah. Like whether it's um leadership or whether it's like the fellowship or even our own emotions and our own thoughts and whatnot. Like, like that's literally what most of the world is struggling with right now is like, you know, they feel like their, their nature, which is a sin nature of, you know, the, you know, homosexuality or the perversion or whatever the case may be. They feel like those are their authentic selves and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Like they feel like if they can change their gender identity, that that's their authentic identity. And it's like, it's not like, that's not who you really are. and whatnot, Right. And so it's like, they're trying to find a place where it's like, where's the love authentic? Where is the love where it's like, even though it may be hard or like constructive criticism, that is really coming from the right place in their heart. Like, where is it? Um, Like, how how do we know that the Bible is real? Like, how do we know that the Bible is like trustworthy and whatnot, right? Like, every, everything that the younger generation is trying to seek is is, is, is it true or is it not? You know what I mean? Like, there's not a lot of... Let me put it this way. I I see more of a move from the younger generations, like even from millennials and down, like we're looking for like purpose. We're looking for like the why behind things, right? Mm, because yeah. we're in the age of technology and information. Yeah. And so like false information is like heresy, right? It's like, yeah. it's like the worst thing ever. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, we're looking for, I guess like the truth and the authentic information, like the authentic, like, you know, why behind everything and yeah. including in our personal lives. Like, like I think our generation is probably the biggest generation or that um, we go to see counselors more than probably any, any other generation. Right. Like yeah. we want the answers to things. And so it's like those conversations and stuff like, you know, can I trust this pastor? Like when they're telling me like, yeah, like you can come on the team or whatever. Well, it's like, are you really saying that? Like, do you really want me, or do you just want like another hired hand? You know what uh, I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I want, I want a authentic relationship before I just want a boss. You see what I'm saying? Uh, or gotcha. like, even with like, you know, other relationships, it's just like, can I trust you as a friend? Can I trust you as a partner? You know what I'm saying? Like, can I trust this job? Can I trust like this decision? Can I trust the faith? Mm. Because it's like, I want it to be real. I don't want it to just be another thing that I'm doing. Mm. Which is like. To an extent, I kind of admire that though. It's just like it's just like the Bible says: you're either going to be hot or cold, yeah. right? So if you're going to do this, be about it. If you're not, then just leave it alone. Like, don't just go to church just because like that's the southern thing to do, or just because yeah. like you know like you were told to do that. Like, be responsible for your yes. Like, kind of like you were saying. And then on the flip side of that, see, like I think with the older generations, they need to understand because of our longing for authenticity, we're not just going to go with like what was, right? Mm. We're not just going to go with like you know, how things have been or what worked for you. Yeah. I'm glad that it worked for you, yeah. <laughs> but that that's just not what I'm going through, right? Like, yeah. it's, it's kind of like if when you look at um, throughout history, like the when people build empires, right? Or when mm-hmm. people build kingdoms. Like, you have, you have one king who I guess is known for like establishing and laying the foundations of the kingdom, right? Yeah. They're, you know, they're expanding the empire, they're conquering land, they're having all these uh, architecture prints for like buildings and all this other stuff. Then you have may have another king who like he's taking care of that or he's trying to, you know, like expand it or whatever, right? Yeah. Then you have another king who is just like maybe like it's already set in place, but now he has to clean up the mess from like the first two. Yeah. But it's kind of just like in a nutshell, it's just like understanding like what may have been your season for pioneering may not be my season for that, right? Like right. you you already you already 
blazed the trail. Like you already set the path. Yeah. Now it's my turn to like either maintain it or set another one based off of what you've done. Mm -hmm. But I think the older generation and like the season saints need to understand that like, you know, what you were seeking for 30, 40, 50 years ago, whenever it may have been, like that's just not what we're going through now, right? Yeah. Like we're we're not yeah. concerned with the tradition. We're not yeah. concerned with like, you know, the things that I guess like those generations were more focused on, like like just like the um the revival that just happened, right? Was it yeah. uh Asbury? Asbury yep. Yeah. People are questioning whether it's like a real revival or not. And I'm like, well, I mean, if you look at like history with revivals and whatnot, it's like like when um like all the big quote unquote Pentecostal or charismatic revivals happened, right? Like yeah, yeah. that wasn't really a thing before those revivals happened and whatnot, like with the gifts of the spirit, yeah. healings and all this other stuff, right? But then you have like a generation where it's like the one of the biggest things you struggle with is anxiety, mm -hmm. depression, mental illness. And it's like um like identity crisis and whatnot, right? Yeah. So like what if that revival for us looks like having peace? You see what I'm saying? Or mm -hmm. having like a space where it's just like we can just feel the love of God. Like yeah. we may not be like running and shouting and screaming or whatnot, but it's like that's that's the authentic move of God that we felt or that they felt in the moment. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like if our worship looks different, there shouldn't be a problem with that. If if our prayer life looks different, it, there shouldn't be a problem with that. If our approach to evangelism looks different, there shouldn't be a problem with that. Because mm -hmm. the thing is, it's like you don't know a generation that you're not a part of or that you don't like have a relationship with, right? Yeah, I like and that. And most seasoned saints usually don't care to have a relationship with younger folks. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Like they're not going to the same social functions. Yeah. They're not interested in most of the same things unless it's like sports or whatever. Yeah. But even then it's like there's still a debate with that. Like older folks are going with Jordan being the GOAT or they're like, you know, <laughs> oh like Magic Johnson's that guy. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. It's like you bring up Steph Curry, LeBron, it's a problem. But yeah. like that just goes to show you that like there's clearly a difference, I guess, in perspective mm -hmm. and I guess in like like I get what we hold as far as as far as like um in our hierarchy, I guess you can say. And so mm -hmm. it's just like you just have to accept the fact that it may not look like how you would do it or how you want it. Yeah. But just know that if it's authentic for them and it really is Jesus and it's showing the fruit of the spirit, leave it alone. Like yeah. just let them have their moment with God. Yeah. I, I think what one of the things that that's speaking to what you're talking about is more creativity in today's time mm -hmm. that's not being accepted. Oh, yeah. So be, because, and again, the youth have a lot more access to technology than we had back in the day. I mean, we was on floppy disks. Not floppy Come disc. on. <laughs> like, we was on floppy disks. Yeah. <laughs> when I was growing up, they don't even probably know what a disk is. Like, my yeah. kids don't deal with CDs and DVDs yeah. or discs and stuff, period. Everything yeah. is digital. So we're talking about a whole nother generation, a whole nother era, a whole new level of creativity. Um, they're seeing more things. And, you know, not everything they see is good, but not everything they see is bad either. But having more access to technology, they're getting a little bit more advanced with certain things. And if they're on fire for God kind of what I'm hearing. If they're on fire for mm -hmm. God and they're glorifying God in these particular ways, um, then allow or create the space and the atmosphere for them to be able to express themselves to God in that way. Right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's like the the biggest takeaway from this whole conversation as far as like young people navigating their faith with the seasoned saints or whatnot. And I think both sides need to understand like Young people definitely need to understand that there's wisdom and that there's a a push that the seasoned saints can give. Yeah. But the seasoned saints, 
I think should have more grace in understanding that like, let them do their thing. Like they're younger, they have more creativity. And even if, you know, there are times where they may need to learn and grow their gift. It's just like, let them express themselves and like create that space for them to do it. Because if they were in the world doing it, that would be a problem as well. You see what I'm saying? Right, right. So wouldn't it make more sense to like, hey, let me take you under my wing in a safe environment so I can like make sure that you're good, let you expand your gift within the parameters of the word, and we'll just go from there. Right. So. So what we're looking at now in this time, I guess, is how do the older um, or the seasoned saints uh, merge what the youth are doing and uh, put the things in place that the youth need in today's time. Is, mm. is that, is that more of what we're looking at right now for our, for our younger believers, those who are coming to the faith? Because I, and I, real quick, I think there's a misconception as well mm-hmm. that they only want music. <laughs> this is what I think. Yeah. Because when we when when I'm looking at and I don't watch every single church, so I don't want to make a broad statement as is everybody. Mm-hmm. But a lot of what I see when it comes to getting the youth is always revolve it always comes around like having a big music worship event. Mm-hmm. But they don't really have the teaching there. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, for like, sure. I think that's a misconception of, well, let's get them here through music. Yeah, you can have the worship, but they still need to be taught, right? They still need to ha- have something that's going to have the same impact that you, when you were 12 years old, a word that came forth that made you responsible for your yes. Yeah. Music alone, I'm, I'm just using music. I know it's worship or whatever the case is. And sometimes yeah. it's, appears to be worship or labeled as worship as entertainment. <laughs> yeah. But music alone is not going to just grab the youth to be able to, you know, for them to make, for them to be responsible for their yes. Yeah. And I think that's a misconception and thing that, that I've been seeing used a lot versus having uh, events that's going to bring them into authenticity what it looks like to be authentic, what it looks like to meet you where you are as a 15-year-old, where it looks, yeah. what it looks like to meet you where you are as a 20-year-old, and to love on you, to nurture you, to bring you in, like you said, put you under the wing, and let me help you build and do life with you where you are. Yeah. It can't just be music, entertainment, worship event, they go home, and like you said, they're, de- they're still dealing with the anxiety, the, the depression, and all these other things. Because, yeah. number one, we're in a season and a world of comparison and competition because of social media and yeah. all these other things where everybody appears to be doing something great. Everybody appears to be having more and all this stuff. So now these younger people are competing with that. Yeah. Not saying that it's right. Not saying that they should. But they're competing with what they see on social media and they're feeling like their life is not valuable because of or not to a certain standard because of who they see on social media that they may be inspired by or who they may be influenced by or followers. There are youth and kids right now who delete all of their posts if it don't get a like. Yeah. 
you know, if it don't get likes, if it don't get a comment, I'm going to delete that one because that wasn't good. So now they're trying to be authentic. So we're dealing with a couple different things here. Yeah. How do we use <laughs> this area as well? Or is there an area that we can use from a social standpoint, social media standpoint, to be able to um, minister to them, to witness to them, to meet them where they are, and still have do life with them in regards to church, in regards to just normal life, day-to-day things or whatever? Is is there a balance between that? Is there a happy medium that can be used between both since this is a part of their life? This is a part of their culture, what they're what they're engulfed in. Yeah, I think um Ooh man. I think it's um mainly relationship and understanding the impact that you have on young people and whatnot. From from a personal testimony there was there's two things I remember from like growing up in church or just like literally 24 years of church, like every year, all the time. Um, number one is the encounters that I've had with God, mm-hmm. like the revivals, the prophetic words, like, you know, the awesome worship moments, all that stuff is cool and whatnot. But number two, I also remember the pain and the hurt that was caused by pastors mm-hmm. and by people that I looked up to and then mm-hmm. I expected relationship from mm-hmm. that I didn't get because like they either treated me like a dollar sign or they mm. treated me like like an employee yeah. right and that's probably one of the hardest things for young creatives or just like young people in general to go through like we don't want to be seen as just another number yeah. right that's yeah. why that's why literally house churches and small groups started popping off like like crazy for for a while because like yeah, like mega churches are cool and you know I'm not knocking them at all. But it's just like there's there's a there's a strong need for leaders and for seasoned saints to understand that like I'll remember you asking me to come over to your house to have dinner with your family before I remember this great big production that you put on. Mm. Like I could care less about some cool Christmas thing or some cool like Easter thing or whatever. Like yeah, yeah. great. Like that's that's fine. I I'm, I'm expecting that every year, right? Yeah. But what will always be instilled within me is when my youth pastor goes to play basketball with me. Yeah. Or when it's late at night and I'm like struggling with bad anxiety and I can't sleep and I can call on, you know, my mentor or my pastor or whatever. Or even if it's not the pastor, like somebody of a leadership authority in my life that I can trust. Right. Yeah. Or if I have this project I'm trying to work on, like, like one of the things that used to hurt me all the time is that, you know, I'm working on a new project or like, like now, like I'm working on a new album and some of the leaders in my life, I feel like I can't even tell them about it. Wow. Whether it's because of jealousy or whether it's because it's like, instead of being happy for me and instead of trying to push me or back mm, me or speak life into me, it's yeah. why can't you do that here at my church? Yeah. Or, you know, what are you going to do for for us? Like, bro, I'm not just an employee. Like I'm a person too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, like, whether whether or not your church is, like, 1,500 members or 50, 15. yeah, like, whatever it may be, it's just, yeah. like, the biggest piece is that people want to know that you care about them before yes. they care that, you know, you know whatever it is that you know. And it's, like, that's that's probably the biggest thing that'll, that'll establish that trust and that'll establish, I guess, a better environment for young people in the season states to coexist within the church because it's just, like... Like like we were saying, like a lot of times they think it's just about music. Like 
probably most of the the youth events I go to now, they're always some kind of quote unquote gospel concert with like a bunch of Christian rappers, a bunch of artists, and like and like yeah, I'm bringing in this person, this person. It's like ten or twelve people, and I'm like. That's a lot, bro. Like, yeah. <laughs> can we do something with the kids? Or can it just be like one group and just like a good teaching or whatever? Like, like tell them you love them. You know what I'm saying? Like, show them the gospel. Show them the other side of Jesus that they don't know about. They've yes. heard they heard of Jesus, but show them Jesus. Yes. That, like, that's what we want. Yes. That's the authentic relationship that we're seeking. But leaders think that like, if they just throw us money or if they just throw us, I guess, like one night a year of like the youth bash or whatever, then that's enough. It's not enough, man. Yeah. Come, come come to a game. Come come to when if I post a flyer where I'm leading worship, come to see me. Yeah. Come support me or send me a text, tell me you're praying for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like those things I'll remember before, you know, oh I hired you. Or hey, like, come on, like take photos from a church. Yeah. I gave you opportunity to be part of the church. Like, that's great. I can do that in the world. Like yeah. right now, I could go out and make way more money being an R and B artist or writing for I guess hip hop artists or whatever than I would ever make in the church. Yeah. And anybody who does music knows that's the truth. Yeah. But the thing is, it's like one, I want to use my gift for God. Yes. And two, I want to use my gift with other people who have the same mindset and the same heart and the same drive for Jesus. Right. Yeah. But the hard part as a young creative or as another young person who had to go through it himself, like, it's just like, I don't want y'all to see me as just somebody who's trying to change what you have going on. Yeah. I'm not trying to yeah. change the church. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not Jesus. That's not my job. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But I know what God has put in me. I know my makeup and I know my identity in Christ. And even as I'm learning, like still, like give me the space and the time to do that. Because even as you learn, like in school, nobody has ever went through grade school to college and got a hundred on every single test. No. You're going to get something wrong. But give me the give me the space to do that, right? Yeah. And when I do mess up or when I don't have all the answers, just guide me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But let it be from a genuine place, right? Yeah. I need authentic relationship. And I think that's the number one thing and probably the only thing that'll like literally, I guess just like mend the gap between the season states and the younger folks. Yeah. Man, you just said so much in in that span of time. Yeah. So I heard a lot of stuff I want to hit on. But one of the one of the main things is the relationship. Yeah, I remember you inviting me to your house more than I remember all this other stuff that you kind of throw at me. Yeah, and the other thing is not just looking at me as someone that can serve you. Yes, not just looking at me as a, that's a whole nother conversation yes <laughs> for another day yes because a lot of the church hurt that comes from the youth the youth starts there yeah absolutely there's no relationship yeah there's no doing life come play basketball with me come to because you they're had they're constantly experiencing we're all constantly experiencing something right yeah. at one point or another we all experiencing life our whole life is an experience right and we judge things and do things and don't things based on the experience. So if you have a opportunity to create an, a life experience in a youth, someone's life as a seasoned saint, we're going to quote that. Yeah. As a seasoned saint, then do it. Yeah. Do it. Like become available for, for them for a moment. Yeah. Right. Everything don't have to be about coming back to the church yeah and when i have conversations with people and i talk about this all the time 
having conversations with people outside of different spaces. I was just in um, Florida this past, not this weekend, just past, the week before last, I was in Florida doing an event there, and I was having this very conversation with um, two young, two ladies, and they was just asking questions. I said, look, everything that we do does not have to be in the church. Yeah. And I've heard people come to me and say, yeah, some people were rebuking me because I'm doing this. And they said that God wouldn't be happy with that. And I was like, uh, that's a lie. Yeah. Don't believe the lie. Yeah. Because what people, some people, I'm not going to say people because that's broad. I'm going to break it back down. Yeah. What some um, believers, Christians don't understand is that God can use people in different ways and they don't have to step a foot inside the church for sure yeah they don't some people don't understand that some people do some get it some don't and one of the things that i try to do even with this platform again we talk about navigating life Mm -hmm. how do you navigate your life so when we have doctors and lawyers and athletes and stuff on here these people may not go to church they don't mean they don't have a relationship with god yeah they don't mean they don't long for god they don't mean they don't worship they don't mean they don't pray but how do you navigate your life in that particular space. Yeah. So even for our youth, being young, being athletes, being, you know, doing school events or whatever the case may be, they're navigating that life. And if, if we're going to be like leaders for them and things like that, then we have to be in their life where they yeah. are. Mm-hmm. If we can't be in their life where they are, then what? why should a leader feel that he has... The right to just use yep. this youth any type of way you want, but never be in this in this youth individual's life at yeah. any point. Yeah. Makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> so enough about that though, because we can go on a a yeah. whole another episode about yeah. that type of stuff. So let, let's transition a little bit. Uh so we we dealt with the youth. Let's just let's talk about uh now you as an artist, musician, worship leader, uh, how how many how long should I go? Oh Actually, man, just stop, just stop right there. <laughs> yeah, just you're fine. Right all right, all right. So, so what what is um what was that that beginning phase like for you, just as a musician artist? Like, did you start with keys? Did you start with guitar? Because you play everything under the sun. So, <laughs> where where did it start? Did you always have instruments? Um, as a young, as in the, you know, as a youth, were you in a band? How how did that look like, and to get you to where you are now? Yeah, so it was actually a, a funny story. So I started playing drums in church when I was really young, mm-hmm. and um, like I've always had a drum set since I was like two or three, yeah. I think. And um, like playing in church was kind of just like my go-to because again, I had to be in church. Like yeah. there was no basketball, or football, like on Sundays. So, um. Yeah, and then in high school, I picked up keys, and then I started playing bass and guitar around my junior, senior, high school and whatnot. But um, I would try to do band in school, like middle school, high school. I yeah. would always just drop out. Like I just felt like it was boring because yeah. it was just like typical like fly to the bumblebee type stuff, and I just like. I just wanted to rock out, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they were like, you're too loud. I'm like, all right, whatever. I'll, I'll just play at church. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's just kind of like how the music thing started. And then um, transitioning into worship leading, it was just like, 
I just desired more of the presence of God. Yeah. And so I was around worship leaders who either didn't want to go deeper or they mm. didn't know how to go deeper. So I was like, well, if y'all not going to do it, I'm going to do it. Yeah. So that's basically how it started. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. Anybody who knows me knows I have like this very yeah. hard headed, stubborn mindset where it's like, I'm going to get it done. If yeah. you're not, just watch. I'll do it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I know you, so yeah. you know I know. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I'm going to tell you real quick. Um, when I was, my uncle, so I have an uncle yeah, who's a pastor. He's been pastoring for a long time, probably like over 20 years. Yeah. So he had a church. Um, it was on like the corner of this street, and it was like, it was literally like a little hole, hole in the wall type church. So he had the drum set or whatever. Me and my cousins, man, we would go in there and play. We didn't know how to play. Yeah. We would just one, two in that thing the whole time. Boom, chick, boom, chick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. and we would take turns and everything, but yeah. I mean, that's that's as far as I go as far as with the drums, man. I can remember that, and I, I, I feel like that is so funny because we never knew how to play drums or anything like that. Yeah. We just kept a one-two beat, the yeah. typical... Um, thing that with the tambourines and the clap but yeah that's a whole other story i get it yeah. <laughs> so but back back to you um so playing the drums in the church and then you pick up keys um i i never liked band i always thought band was uh just classical music all the time i thought every time people get taught keys and all that stuff is just classical stuff unless you had like a uh all black high school like, yeah. like I was. I mean, at my my high school was literally like ninety eight point seven percent all black. Good night. Yeah. So the whole school. Yeah. But that's just how I grew up. So if you if you in that environment, then you're yeah. probably gonna play some, um, you know, some HBCU stuff. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I just I was like you, man. I thought band was boring. I thought chorus, all this stuff uh, was boring because I had. Music and art has always been like just who I am. Yeah. But um, I just thought those things wasn't nice, and then I found myself doing it again. So, with that being said, you know, you not being interested in the school bands or whatever, then you go back to the church. I love the, the fact that you just want to give back to the Lord. Like I just want to play for God and worship God, or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um. What what are some of the the challenges in being a musician in the church? What's well, not a challenge? I'm playing so, <laughs> uh, because you. I, I mean, you've you've been in it for a while, so you're talking about just growing yeah. up. Obviously, there's growing. You know, from being a ten year old, eleven, twelve year old, and your little brother. Shout out to him, man. He's a monster yeah. already. Yeah, but then they um. We'll get on him later. We'll shout him out again. I got you. <laughs> yeah. But growing up, you know, obviously once you become more involved with ministry, then there are things that you kind of have to deal with a little bit more that you see yeah. that the average person don't normally see. So with the right covering, what is what is some yeah. of the challenges that, you know, you have to kind of go through or navigate through with being a musician in the church? Uh. Number one challenge I think that I face and that I hear often in the community is that um, 
a lot of times we compare ourselves in such a negative way. I think we we want to be accepted and mm-hmm. not in like a perverted or a bad way. Some of us, you know, definitely like it's, it's bad. You mean but, the, you, from the musicians as a whole? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. like we just want our art to be accepted. You know what I mean? I got Cause you. it's like, yeah. And not as far as like we're seeking like fame and fortune. Like there are yeah, people yeah. like that, but for the ones that are like actually for Jesus, it's more so just like we hear from the Lord. And there are times where it's like we we have to play or sing things that the Lord tells us to do and we don't want to do it. So it's just like, please don't give us a hard time. Like we're just trying to be obedient. I yeah, promise. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's the number one thing. And then also too is just like um with all like the different preferences and like I guess like the different creative styles it's real easy for people who aren't in the community and even sometimes people in the community but it's real easy for them to start to like treat us like we're athletes and it's like Mm. ranking people and like like oh yeah like i like chandler moore's voice better than this person or you know i like this better than that and it's like i mean we're glad that you have a preference but (laughs) at the same time this is a very like open and a very like transparent moment that we're having here and of course there's art that we appreciate more than others yeah but don't don't talk about it as far as like it's not as good as somebody else or Uh, it's not you know it doesn't measure up like somebody else's would you know what i'm saying everybody's in different stages yeah i mean i think that can make an individual um for one not feel wanted not feel not feel appreciate appreciated yeah um because of the comparison i talked about that before about just we Everybody's comparing with everything. And I think yeah. some some of gospel music now has become entertainment. Oh, man, yeah. And because it's become entertainment, then some of the people in the church that listens to the entertainment, they want the entertainment in the church. Yeah. And this is what causes the comparison, the competition, and things like, well... We want it to be just like this. We want it to be just like this. Not yeah. realizing that what you see here or there, that's a performance. Yeah. Like you can rehearse a performance. Yeah, for sure. But authenticity and being in the moment with God is not a performance. Yeah. So if it don't turn out the way that you've seen them do it, it don't mean that it was bad. Yeah. It don't it doesn't mean that it's not good, but you can't compare authenticity yeah with performance. Absolutely, yeah. You can't you they just don't go hand in hand. Yeah. So yeah, I think there's a there definitely needs to be a conversation about authenticity and performance because like I think a lot of times the two are always like separated and polar opposites, mm-hmm. but I think they're they they have a relationship in some kind of way right Mm -hmm. i think in the church we use the word performance and and a in a negative tone when there needs to be a conversation about excellence Mm. right and so like yes you can rehearse performance but you can also rehearse your sunday set you can practice your skill Mm. right i like that right that's where a spirit of excellence comes from so, and that's why I always tell people, like, we're not up here to perform, but we're up here to present in excellence, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. it's like, you present in excellence and you prepare, you study, you practice, you get better. And then it's like, you do that, but in its most authentic form. And you yeah. want everything to be authentic, right? Yes. That's kind of how it is. But 
just because something is authentic doesn't mean that it doesn't have to have that excellent part to it, right? Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. just like the same way that the reason why we have a sound check, right? You need to make mm -hmm. sure the levels are good. But it's like get better at your skill. You know what I'm saying? Like go over the words to the song. Like don't forget the lyrics. Just different things that you can do that help the excellence with your presentation, but you still have that authentic, you know, yeah. heart of like, okay, I'm presenting this to God. and But you also leave the door open for Holy Spirit to go where he wants to go. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. That's where the authenticity of your relationship with God comes in with that with that spirit of excellence. So Yeah. yeah. I, I like that, the com combining, the way you combine those two, the authenticity and the performance. Yeah. Um, because my initial perspective on that or take on that was the entertainment side of performance. Yeah. So I, I like how you brought that in to you can actually still perform but the performance comes through authentic, being authentic, which in your relationship with God, yeah. And when you're rehearsing, so it, it and I, I think that still goes back to relationship, yeah. Like when when you have a relationship, that's like that's like if you and I know each other, right? You can do something, um, and it's not going to offend me or it's not going to make me feel any type of way because I I have a relationship with you, so yeah. I, I know you did that out of me, you know, yeah. just knowing who you are. Yeah. And I tell my wife this too. Um, we be having conversations about uh, just certain things. It's like when certain people say certain things or do certain things. And I'll say, if they knew me, they'll know that you can't say that to me. Right. If they knew me, they'll know that you can't do that because they know that I'm going, you know, they, they, if I, if I know you, then no matter what you do, or what you say or how you say it, if I know you, I understand the context of what you're saying. Yeah. That's authenticity. When you yeah. understand somebody's authenticity, who they are authentically, then you can understand what they do, when they do it, why they do it, how they do it. Mm -hmm. Does that mean you're going to know every single thing about them? No. But when you can accept and understand who people are, their authentic self, it yeah. allows me to come to you even in a conversation, even if I don't, if I didn't understand what you did, bro, what that was you just did, yeah. Like I ain't okay, okay, okay. I just yeah, <laughs> just just clear. I, I didn't know, you know, yeah. it, was a, it was a little different. That, but if I know you, I'll know if something's a slightly off, right? And we've had texts before, and you know, you text something, I know you be explained. I was like, bro, I know you. Yeah, like you know, you don't have to tell me that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I I know you. You yeah. know, so, but yeah, authenticity, man. Relation, building relationship, all of that is important. And I think that's something that we have to be big on. <clears throat> that's something that we have to be big on just as as believers, um, as leaders who are yeah. going to. And, and we talked about with the youth. We have to be authentic with the youth. And Absolutely. don't put on a show just to try to get them. Yeah. Because the same show you put on to get them, the same show you got to keep on to keep them. Yeah. Right? So, anything you want to add to that? Cause no, I mean, like I think I I, I just want to encourage people listening to this and kind of anybody that I come in, in contact with, like whether it's worship or any I guess like aspect of ministry or your faith walk, like make sure it's it's again, it's authentic. Right. And we're not just saying that just to kind of beat people over the head with it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, I know people that they read the Bible because like, they just want to get smart or they just like mm. want to know the Bible. 
Well, you're defeating the purpose of reading the Bible, bro. Like, yeah. you know, atheists know the Bible. Demons know the Bible. Like, people who aren't even Christians know the Bible. But it's like, they don't desire that authentic relationship or they don't desire the re- the revelation that you can get from the word. Mm. So it's like, like, have an authentic relationship with God to where it's like you're reading to understand God, to know God, right? Mm-hmm. You're you're praying to to hear God's voice and not just yeah. to dump all your problems on them and whatnot. Yeah. Or like have an authentic worship session where it's just like I'm not just singing this song because it's a, a top 40 hit or it's just yeah. a song that mama and papa used to sing in church. Like sing it because this is the song that God is singing over you or that's yeah. a song that is connecting you to God. Like, like, right, I've been singing the same song for like three months now, but that's because the season that I'm in, I need God like in, in the lyrics in that song. And it's like, you know, like God, like I need you to be my strength. Like when, when I'm down, like you're there to lift me up. Like yeah. I need God in that moment. And so it's just like, let it be authentic. Like the Holy Spirit doesn't need your help. Like yeah. he, he's smarter than you. Smarter <laughs> than anybody that's ever lived, right? Never will live. Yeah. So it's just like, just allow the Lord to just lead you in a true, like authentic relationship to where you're just praying, reading, worshiping, and just even like in business, right? Mm-hmm. Like aside from ministry, it's just like, let your business decisions be authentic to your business and to like your makeup. Like don't just do it because Elon Musk is doing it. Yeah. He's on a completely different level than you, right? But be led by God to make the right decisions for what you are doing, whether that's ministry, life, uh, business, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Just let it be true. So. Yeah. That's good. That's good. So in in writing, um, I want to transition a little bit to just writing music mm. as as you know, Christian artists. Yeah. Um what what does that time uh entail to be able to create a song? Because sometimes you can, you know, you can hear a song. And you can be like, that's good. But then you hear a song and you was like, that's from a different place right there. Yeah. Like, yeah. what what does it look like? Just take us a little bit inside of what it looks like to write um, a song like You Are My Strength. Wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, or uh, a song like Father Hear Us. <laughs> oh, man. Um, like, take, take us inside to write. Uh, if y'all listen... If you haven't heard Father Hear Us, if you haven't heard I Can Go Down and Listen Song, we're just going to put all the all the links in the tab, oh, in the comments. Man. Y'all got to go check out uh, the latest EP. But take us through what it's like and what those moments are like writing songs like Father Hear Us or, you know. Yeah, I think um, the moments in like those that process is literally like that it's just the moments right like i wrote father here at 3 a.m like mm. i was praying and i was like god like i need you to hear me like i want to go deeper like i wasn't satisfied with the environment that i was in because it felt like they were cool with where they were but i wanted to go deeper and so like that song is literally about like you know god hearing this like taking us deeper like his spirit falling all that stuff so like it's really just taking where you're at in the moment like this album that i'm writing now is literally they're either prayers, testimonies of like situations that I've been in, yeah, or it's just like moments that I've had with God where it's like, like, like one of the songs like it was from a spontaneous altar call moment, and yeah. I was like, I definitely got to record that, yeah. So I think instead of us trying to like force the song out, or instead of us trying to like, you know, force, I guess like 
times where we get together and we just throw a song together. Like, and I'm not against you know like yeah, writing yeah. camps or people coming together to write. Yeah. Like if that's your thing, go ahead and do it. But I think those different songs that you're talking about that like hit different that come from a different place. Like, there's a reason why we go through seasons in, like, different times with God. Like, like allow God to lead you when you write. Like, don't just put it together. Yeah. It's kind of like with food. Like, you go to McDonald's, like, yeah, that burger going to be like, okay, like, I'm expecting this. Like, you know what it tastes like, right? But if you go to, like, a private chef and they make it for you, like, whatever it is that they make, it's like, okay, this has, like, I can tell whose food this is, right? Mm, yeah, so, it's just yeah. it's the same thing when it comes to, like you know, writing a sermon or even like, you know, writing music for Christian artists is just like, let God lead you through what he's doing through you. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's good. That's good. I um was recently and I want you hit something else I want to get to <clears throat> that I want to get to, but I, I recently um, started creating these things called moments. Yeah. Um, and that's where faithful came from. And I had sent it to yeah. you. I was like, it came from a moment just in the middle of the night. And yeah. then I was just thinking about, you know, it was around the resurrection and stuff like that. And I actually sent it to my sister. She was actually the pusher behind putting it out. Yeah. And she was like, that should be out this day. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, cool. If you if you think so, then hey. So she was actually more so the pusher behind it. But that song came out of a moment. And it wasn't about time because it's literally short. It's real short. It wasn't about time, but it was just that's what um was resonating with me in that moment. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, um and as we talk about moments, I want to go into just talking about moments in life. Mm-hmm. Where we have times where things are really it's it's rocking. It's like, yeah, yeah man, you know, I'm finna I'm finna go on the tour. I'm about to go here. I'm about to do this. We got stuff. And then there are moments where it's just like God, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Like, let's dive into some of those moments. Yeah, bro. So moments are, I think they're crucial to our walk with Christ because it's 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 great to be on the mountaintops at times, but it's also necessary to be in the valleys. Yeah. Right? And that's why I think moments are like something that we shouldn't, I guess, despise, but we should kind of look forward to mm-hmm. because there's growth in that and not just growth as the person, but growth as the son or daughter of God. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, um, there's been a lot like my song, I'm yours. That wasn't just a song I just threw together. Like yeah. that was in a season where, um, I had just got out of a bad relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I was experiencing racism in the church for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I felt like there was kind of like nobody in my life that I could like talk to or that yeah. would understand me or that I would, I guess, like rely on as like a true friend or like family member. And so like God was the only one. And it was just like, like literally like when no one else was there for me, like you still chose to love me or whatever. Right. Mm. I was thrown away by everybody else. Yeah. But God was still there and he was like, I got you. Yeah. So it was a hard moment to, and it was a hard season to go through. But it was necessary because it taught me how to rely on God mm. when everybody else fails me. That's so. good. That's good. That's another song too called "You Are With Me." Ah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was teenage Tim. <laughs> hey, but that's still that song, man. That song is a good song too. I, I not biased, 
But I I I'd really love all the songs that I've listened to, like from the Tim Howard. Oh man. <laughs> but you know, not not biasly or not trying to puff you up, but I love all of them. Like You Are With Me is one of those I am your songs. For me. Yeah. To me. When I listen to them and put them side by side, they're <clears throat> not exactly the same, but you can get the same message. Yeah. You know, you are with me when I go through deep waters. Yeah, <laughs> through the fire, I won't be burned. You like, you know, like always knowing that God is with me through every situation that I go through. Yeah, I am yours. Same thing. It's that's like ownership. Yeah, you know that's ownership. Is and for both songs, it's <clears throat> excuse me. For both songs, it's understanding the moment. Yeah, it's understanding the season and the time that you're in. And I think that's important for us as we navigate this life is to always understand the season that we're in. So uh, a couple of episodes ago, we was going through, and we're still kind of in this season right now. We're going to be in this all throughout the year about being real, being honest, being open. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> man, let, let me get a little water real quick. Cause yeah, you good. <laughs> <coughs> going through all of that. Folks going to be like, he need to get his throat together. <laughs> man, I'm wasting it all over the place. But anyway. We wrong. Do your thing, yeah. Do your thing. Anyway, now I'm not gonna burp though. I got you. That'd be rude. <laughs> but yeah, hey, for the uh, if you're a listener and you don't watch it on YouTube, then you got to deal with all the sound effects and not know what's going on. In real time. <laughs> I'm reaching for the water. I can't even grab it. But <clears throat> but yeah, so I um talked about. This season that we're going through in season two, we're talking about yeah. being real, being honest, being open. And through throughout this season and some of the solo episodes, I dive more into um, understanding where you are so that you can know how to progress and move forward in life. And this is not just moving forward in life. And, I, and, I, and I've preached this, too, in those episodes that I'm not trying to help you be a better you, a, yeah. just like a selfish you, yeah. but a serving you. Yeah, because when you know how to serve, then <clears throat> I feel like there are different perspectives that you have and that you start to learn and gain and understand. Yeah. But if you don't know how to serve, then you don't know. There's a lot of things that you don't learn. There's a lot of things that you don't get when you don't know how to serve. But to the to the main point, what we're talking about is understanding the time that you're in. If you don't know the season or the moments and the times that you're in, it's going to be hard for you to navigate this life, especially as a believer and knowing that God is with you, knowing that you are his, knowing that I can continue to go to the father, no matter what the situation is, no matter what it looks like, no matter how I feel. And understanding also that it's okay to feel, it's okay to feel um, bad at times. So when we talk about navigating moments, there's some people feel like, well, if I'm in a bad mood, then it's the devil. It's not always the case. Yeah. Every sorrowful time or every time of, man, I just don't feel good, is not always the enemy trying to get you here or trying to do this to you. You have emotions. Yeah. And God knows that, right? Mm -hmm. So when we talk about navigating moments, it's what do I do with this emotion? Not who do I blame for this emotion, yeah. but what do I do with this emotion? What do I do with how I feel right now? And yeah. we see David navigate this very well. He had his troubles. He had his yeah. times, 
but he navigated emotions well. Oftentimes, he would always go back to God and say, this is how I feel right now. And this is what I think you should do. Now, some of it wasn't always the best, but he was able to express himself to God in the middle of the moments that he was having. And I think that's important for us um, as followers of Christ, as believers, and even for people who don't believe to still know the moment and the season and the time that you're in and know that uh, you can go to God through Jesus Christ and express that moment that you're having that season so that you can learn how to navigate it. Yeah. Um, man, I can only speak from like a personal testimony as far as that. Um, because like we all have like moments where, like you were saying, it's like, we think it's the devil or we try to blame everything else, but it's like, God wants us to take responsibility and I guess learn how to navigate our emotions and navigate through the moment that we're in. Right. Cause it's easy to have like a big victorious moment where it's just like, like you said, like going on tour, got a promotion, got married, whatever. Yeah. But those times where it's just like, it's really low. And you feel down and you feel beat up and you're tired or you're burnt out. It's just like, how do I navigate through that? Right. And it's like, I think like the example that we have, like throughout the Bible, like with David and even with Jesus too, is just like, it's not easy, but like Jesus really is there. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. God really is there to like help you through that stuff and whatnot. And like, there's different things that we can that I guess we can try to cling to, to try to bring a fix, a Band-Aid fix and whatnot. Yeah. But I think it's important for us to recognize that there's a permanent fix, right? Yeah. Like, I heard yeah. um, at an event, I was singing at last night, the guy, he was he was speaking on um, the, the, the lepers, right? And he said the one that came back, Jesus was saying, like, you know, go because, you know, now you're, you're whole and whatnot. And he was yeah. like, if you look at the story, like, yeah, it tells us about gratitude and all that other stuff, but like... Being healed is one thing, but being whole is another. Like, yes, yes. there's no evidence of, like, what was there before, right? And so it's just, like, I know a lot of times, especially for the younger generations, we're looking for healing. We're looking mm. for the counseling and the therapy, and we're looking for the books that we can read that'll give us the practical answers. Yeah. Same thing with our faith. We're, we're looking for the scriptures that'll tell us step-by-step step what to do, but it's like, what if that wholeness that you need comes through Jesus, comes through that relationship, comes through those moments where it's just like... I have nothing but God, right? Like, yeah. just like David in the Bible, like, he yeah. was surrounded. He yeah. said, where am I going to look to? I have to look to you. I have no other option, right? Yeah. And it's like, that's that's vital because, like, like just like me, like, I've dealt with crazy depression. Sometimes I thought I would be better off, like, not living. Yeah. I've dealt with um, racism in the church, molestation. I've dealt with um, just, like... Terrible, terrible relationships I've been cheated on. People have accused me of things. I've been lied on for like things you can go to jail for. Like it's yeah. wild, right? And so it's just like, how do you deal with those things when it's like, Lord, like I'm just trying to do the right thing. I'm trying to serve you and I'm trying to do like the thing for you or whatever. But it's like, those are the moments where it's just like, okay, I know that at rock bottom when nobody else is there, it's like I can depend on God. And sometimes it takes people to get there. Right. Sometimes it takes people to get to a moment where it's just like, I have nothing else but God. I have nobody I can talk to. Not even your spouse at times. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I ha I don't have a choice but to pray. And sometimes that prayer isn't this long, drawn out, fancy prayer. It's Absolutely. just like, God, where are you? Like, yeah. I feel like you're not hearing me. Like, yeah. I'm upset. I'm being honest. I'm letting you know how I feel. Right. 
And then in those moments, it's like, okay, now I can really be God in your life. Yeah. So. Yeah. And and just what you just said, man, people need to know that it's okay to have that prayer. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. God, I don't I don't feel like you're here right now. Yeah. You know, I don't. <laughs> I really don't. This is this is how I feel. Yeah. And <clears throat> we have to we have to start understanding what a relationship with God looks like. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, that's important. Yes. We gotta start understanding what a relationship with God looks like. Yeah. It's not the fairy tale, wake up. I'm just grateful to be here for another day. God, you've been <laughs> so good. You've been so amazing to me. I I just bless your name today. Yeah. Like, it's not always that. So and as we're talking about moments, there are gonna be moments that you have where you have to be real, honest, and open. Not just with yourself, but you have to be real, honest, and open with God. Yeah. <clears throat> and as you go through those seasons, also know that you're getting better. You're, Absolutely. You're getting better. Yeah. No matter what it looks like, I know you're depressed. I know you're down. I know you're going through these different things. I know you feel like God may not be there, but you are getting better. Yeah. So as you're getting better, you have to go through the process of getting better. Yeah. Absolutely. You have to go through the process of getting better. And I be think that's what that. I think that's what some people want to skip. Yeah, for sure that process part. Yeah. Can't you can't skip that. No. It's important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we got to go through we got to continue to go through the process um for not just and it's not always just deliverance or you know getting healed and things like that, yeah. but sometimes it's just a process in general. Yeah. Sometimes the process don't have quote unquote healing nor deliverance always attached to it, so to say. Yeah. Um, it could just be the process. Yeah. And you may not feel nothing in the process. But when the process is over, you understood and you understand why you went through the process. So um yeah. Good th- good good take, man, on on moments and being able to navigate those times of depression, all those things and the scrutiny that you have to go through even or had to go through even uh through ministry and yeah. things like that. So um as we get ready to close out, because <clears throat> I feel like I, I got like another hour in me. But <laughs> <clears throat> as we get ready to close out, um <clears throat> man, I probably need to put the water down and go grab my body armor. <laughs> <laughs> but um as we get ready to close out, I just want to kind of dive a little bit into just some of the stuff that you kind of got going on now. Yeah. Uh, let people know where they can find you at. Um, all this kind of stuff. What's kind of going on with you right now? Yeah, man. So um, just kind of like in a nutshell, uh, a lot of music. Uh, I think like every weekend I have an engagement. I'm either singing or preaching somewhere. Yeah. 90% of the time it's singing right now. Um, yeah, like writing a lot. I'm starting to help other people write, but I'm working on an album. We got some new music coming out, and uh, just kind of expanding. I guess like the ministry and whatnot. Like, took my first trip on a plane this past weekend. It was yeah. amazing. Um, so yeah, just like different opportunities in different states, and God just like answering prayers. And uh, also, um, outside of that, it's really just like personal life stuff. You know, yeah. just kind of like married. A lot of other stuff okay. and some other things that are to come. So, um, but yeah, people can find me at Tim Howard Live on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and that's my website as well. So everything is Tim Howard Live. So yeah, that's kind of where all the info's at. 
they can just follow me there. I'm trying to get better with the whole social media thing, but yeah. we getting there. Yeah. So hey, yeah, <laughs> social media coming through on deck. Tim Howard <laughs> live. Yeah, L I V E, not live. He's <laughs> live. Yeah. Tim Howard live. Yeah. Com, uh, all over social media. Make sure you uh, follow my bro, man. Yeah, a lot of good stuff on the way. We talked about albums. I mean, we talked about so much. We covered so much um, in this episode, and. um Man, I'm just happy that you was able to come stop through yeah. and bless the people with all the information, the wisdom, the the moments and everything. Yeah. Um last thing. Okay. Last thing. Um collaboration album. Okay. We're gonna put that on hold. We're just gonna leave that right there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bet. We're bet, gonna leave bet. that right there. We're gonna bet. leave that right there. Um, but yeah, man. Appreciate everybody for tuning in to uh this episode. Man, if you haven't checked out any of the episodes this season or the first season, uh, I recommend that you go back and check out all of them. Yeah. We are real, we're honest, and we're being open. And this season for the rest of the year, this is not just going to end in season two, but we're going to take this out to the rest of the year, being real, being honest, being open, be able to embrace where you are in the moments that you're in, uh, the moments that you're having or whatever that situation looks like. And know that God is always there. Um, shout out to our frequent followers. Shout out to our new followers. Shout out to those who have subscribed, those who are doing the things that you feel like you need to do to help us continue to push the gospel, to help us continue to inspire people wherever they are in navigating um, the life, whether they are athletes, full time moms, college students, whatever that life looks like for you as a believer. Um, appreciate and shout out all y'all. Um, we had one. We had one challenge. I had one challenge. and I'm going to close out with this. Whoever can recite the intro to season two tag us in the video recite it tag us in the video we want to yeah. hear you rap spit whatever all right and you tag us we got something special for you guys all right appreciate you guys for tuning in another episode of get inspired by way go hard for god daily shout out to tim howard my bro make sure you follow all the links and i'm kirby love signing off see you guys in the next one peace